The Fed has spoken, the doctor's budget 2022 wish list and an update on the golden arches. This is Vinayottam, your resident stock doctor and welcome to a brand new episode of the Stock Doctor podcast. Now, on a week where the Fed showed its cards and Apple and Tesla demonstrated their growth potential, volatility continued to prove that it's probably going to be one-off, if not the most searched keywords of 2022. Let's head to the first segment, the doctor's weekly snapshot, to find out why. Now, you know, you know when the US markets were churning week after week of gains, I used to wonder just how long the party would continue. I mean, if the arrival of the pandemic back in 2020 couldn't break the resilience of the markets, then what could? So it turns out the market is spooked, spooked more by the suspense surrounding the Federal Reserve than a soul-crushing deadly pandemic. Huh, who would have guessed that? And now that the Fed has spoken, the markets appear to be less scared. After a streak of weekly losses, the Dow ended with a 1.3% gain, the S&P 500 eked out a weekly gain of 0.8%, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq ended flat for the week, which if you ask me, given what the index has been through, looks like a much bigger win than what you think. So, so what did the entity that's apparently scarier than a pandemic-causing virus say? Well, pretty much everyone, you know, pretty much what everyone was expecting, hence the gains. While the Fed did acknowledge the sharply rising cases in the US thanks to Omicron, it was more concerned, and rightfully so, with the strong labor market and inflation, which continues to surge at a record-setting annual rate of 7%. With inflation currently making a mockery of the Fed's long-term target of 2%, that's right, 2%, it's currently at 7%, the central bank had no choice but to announce that they will be adopting a more tightening policy going forward. The Fed also suggested that its asset purchases will come to an end in early March of this year. Furthermore, Chairman Jerome Powell, in his press conference, declared that in addition to rate hikes, discussions going forward will center around how to trim the Fed's approximate $9 trillion of balance sheet, which will be, according to him, led by the incoming data and evolving outlook. Such was the fear surrounding the interest rate hikes that once the Fed declared its intention to keep the interest rates unchanged post the meeting, markets who were under the ridiculous impression rates would be hiked in the the meeting just gone by, rose in a spectacular fashion. But the fear quickly returned once Chair Powell's uh, press conference began and the stocks began their declines once again. To make things even more interesting, Futures that night, the night after Chairman Powell spoke, witnessed heavy declines, only to bear much of their losses early on. Just to stress the ridiculousness of this fear, remember when the likes of Alpha and Delta variants were wrecking havoc through human population? Well then, the markets couldn't care less. Even when Omicron arrived to the scene and nobody knew what was, the markets couldn't care less. Now that the economy is on the steady path to recovery, the markets have decided somehow that it's the perfect time to be scared, pardon my French, shitless. Logic, where art thou? Moving on from that, you know, conundrum, there were more earnings coming out of the two mama ants as well. So this week was a power pack week indeed. Tesla and Apple were the two of the mama ants that released their earnings. Let's start with Tesla, who had a comfortable beat on the top and bottom lines. The company generated an EPS of $2.52, handily beating estimates of $2.36. Revenue came in at about $17.72 billion, which beat estimates of $16.57 billion. 
Tesla's first U.S. factory in Fremont, California, achieved record production in 2021. And the newer factories in Austin and Berlin also displayed an uptick and uptick in production. That's according to at least that's according to CEO Elon Musk. The company did, however, suggest that supply chain issues, which have roiled the automotive industry, would continue to persist throughout 2022. As a result of which, the company now plans to focus on sustaining deliveries rather than introducing any models. Oh, also, Musk being Musk, what do you expect? Also stated during the earnings call that he sees Tesla robots to be more significant than the EV business over time. Are you surprised? I'm not. After all, why would I expect the earnings call to be normal and straightforward when Musk is attending it? And oh, by the way, the stock had its worst day in months, the day after the earnings announcement, with losing a whopping 11.6%. Look, Tesla investors have had a bad year so far. They've had some great years in 2020 and 2021, but a bad year so far. Despite the company being more immune to supply chain issues, producing record vehicles and generating impressive profits consistently, at least in recent times, the stock is down a whopping 30% year to date. Now, while most of the decline can be attributed to the market's sudden hatred for frothy valuations, it most certainly didn't help when supply chain issues, quote-unquote, were mentioned in the earnings call. The one differentiating factor, the one differentiating factor that Tesla had was gone and shares were punished. Now, while I continue to believe that Tesla's valuations remain a staggeringly high for the staggeringly high for the long term, though, I do believe that Tesla would continue to be a winner for investors, especially as it evolves into a more mature automaker. At least that's what I'm currently seeing. Unless, of course, its robots take over the world. The other mama ant that released its earnings was Apple. And what a quarter it was for the tech giant. Unlike Tesla, who said supply chain issues would persist in 2022, Apple actually took the opposite view and announced that supply chain issues were actually declining. The announcement came at a time when the company reported its largest single quarter in terms of revenue ever. Earnings came in at about $2.10, beating estimates of $1.89. Revenues, the largest single quarter in terms of revenue that I was talking about, revenues came in about $123.9 billion, which was up 11% year over year comfortably beating estimates of $118.66 billion. Every product category barring iPads registered a year-over-year growth, with the Mac and Services division particularly standing out, as both divisions registered a YOY growth of 25%. While the company didn't provide any specific guidance as usual, CEO Tim Cook did suggest that the company expects a, quote-unquote, solid year-over-year revenue growth. And, quote-unquote, supply constraints to be less than they were in the December quarter. Unsurprisingly, the day after reporting uh, yet another quarter of impressive earnings, the stock jumped almost 7% and was one of the drivers, the main drivers, of Friday's market recovery. What can I say about Apple? Honestly, what, what else is there to say? Everybody says, you know, glorious things. I tend to agree. What else can I say about it? I mean, every time someone says the company's growth potential is slowing down or has ended, the company appears to take it very personally and makes a mockery of those claims. Remember the Jordan, that meme that you see in, in Twitter, and I took that personally? Well, that seems to be applying to Apple here. While critics of the company were convinced that without a new product, the company's progress would be muted, the successful transition of focus uh, towards the services business would suggest otherwise. 
Services was Apple's most profitable business unit, contributing heavily towards the company's higher-than-expected gross margins. The growth in Mac sales was also mighty impressive with the new MacBook Pro models that featured a new Apple chip instead of the regular Intel chip being well-received. As CNBC's Jim Cramer puts it, own Apple, don't trade it. Bottom line, what a week we've had. The key question remains though, have we really hit the bottom in the US markets that now that the Fed has shown its hand? My answer? Too early to say, especially since we have no clue as to how many times or what the magnitude of the rate hikes would be. While I find predictions of six and seven interest rate hikes to be borderline insane, and while I'm more certainly not interested in entering into a debate as to how many hikes there would be, the one thing that is evident is that there will be a rate hike this year, or multiple, let's call it that, and asset purchases would end. And so while there is some clarity, the future continues to be muddled, and I expect the markets to continue to be volatile. But remember, no matter what the market environment is, high-quality companies like Apple will almost always generate solid returns for investors in the long run. So identifying such companies should be the goal. And it would be even better if one does this without panicking. On that note, let's head to the next segment, Dr. Goes Home. Welcome to the Dr. Goes Home segment. With budget 2022 only a few hours away, I'm sure like me, all of you who are investing in India in the long term are making your own predictions and expectations. Since there are enough articles from several analysts, investors and journalists about their expectations, I'm not going to overwhelm you with a huge list of my expectations. Instead, what I will tell you is that I hope for mainly two things from the budget. First, some relief measures and incentives for the hospitality sector. God alone knows how many restrictions have been imposed on the sector in general and the restaurant industry in particular. Weekend and night curfews, ban on dine-in restaurants, cap on the number of guests who can attend weddings and other functions. A list of restrictions goes on and on and on. This is an industry that employs a significant number of people, approximately 7 million Indians, and therefore it was surprising to me that there was you know, no large-scale relief measures introduced you know, similar to the one that the telecom sector received. I'm hoping that the budget finally acknowledges the plight of the sector and announces a blockbuster relief package. Even if not blockbuster, at least a key relief package. Having already faced a revenue hit of over 1.3 lakh crores rupees for fiscal year 21, providing relief measures such as moratorium on loans availed under the Emergency Credit Line Guarantee Scheme, the ECLGS scheme, a reduction of GST for starred hotels and availability of input tax credit would go a long way towards reviving the sector. As vaccination rates start going up and the pandemic subsides and transforms into an endemic, expect tourism to pick up once again. Once that does and we're not far away from such a scenario, despite the threat of Omicron, the last thing you want is for the hospitality sector to be too weak to capitalize on this opportunity. So, my hope, not wish list, my hope, number one, is that budget 2022 offers a relief package for the hospitality sector. Second, and this should come as no surprise to you if you're a regular listener of this podcast, more incentives in the EV space. More specifically, I would hope that there are incentives to ramp up the charging infrastructure in the country. 
The Indian government, make no mistake, has been very proactive till date about its EV ambitions and has brought in several schemes and subsidies to make the purchase of an EV more feasible. And so far, the signs suggest that there has been a healthy growth in this segment, with EV registrations jumping a whopping 160% to 3.11 lakhs in 2021, compared to 1.2 lakhs in 2020. However, despite this progress, unless there is a sufficient and strong charging infrastructure in place, and here is where China is a great example, no amount of subsidies and proposals are going to drive India towards a more electric future. Therefore, it is imperative that Budget 2022 has something that boosts the charging infrastructure in the coming years. Some of the recommendations made in the financial press sound enticing, doable, and more importantly, would be effective. These include mandates such as compulsory charging infrastructure for upcoming housing and commercial projects, access to cheaper finance for those building the charging infrastructure, coupling EV charging with low-cost renewable energy systems, and other capital subsidies. These would go a long way towards boosting the EV space. Look, once again, make no mistake about it, a lot has been done so far. Which has been ineffective in transforming, which has been effective or ineffective, effective in transforming the Indian automotive sector into one that's ready to go full electric. Unfortunately, a lot more remains to be done. So my hope, once again, hope number two is that budget 2022 offers incentives to boost the EV charging infrastructure. Over to you, Mr. Sita Raman. With that, let's head to the straight, let's head straight to the final segment. Dr. Dissects. Welcome to the Dr. Dissects segment. Now with earnings season in full swing, this week I'm going to once again reevaluate yet another stock that's featured on the show before. This company by the way makes great burgers but unfortunately suffered a bad quarter. So has this altered my long-term expectations for the company's stock? Let's find out. The company I'm talking about is of course McDonald's, ticker symbol MCD. The company reported its fourth quarter earnings last week and both the earnings and revenue missed expectations thanks to higher costs weighing on profits. Let's take a look at the numbers first. Earnings per share came in at about $2.23, missing estimates of $2.34. Revenue came in at about $6.01 billion, narrowly missing estimates of $6.03 billion. Operating costs and expenses increased by 14% in the quarter with food and paper costs rising by 4% in 2021. Despite a weak Q4, the company did have a solid 2021 overall, with operating margins coming in about 43.4% for the year and free cash flow growing to $7.1 billion, which represents an increase of nearly 25% over 2019, which is the pre-pandemic levels. Free, ca free cash flow conversion, which is the ability of a company to convert its net income into free cash flow, was 94% for 2021, a very healthy figure. The company's focus on growing, growing its digital channels also turned out to be effective, with the top six markets generating $18 billion sales through the digital channels in 2021, which represented, get this, an increase of 60% over 2020. The company also used a, a, a higher percentage of sales in the drive through segment compared to its pre-pandemic uh, levels. The company also managed to attract over 30 million loyalty members, of which 21 million members were active and earning rewards through the My McDonald's Rewards program. So what has changed since the last time I dissected the company? Way back in episode 7. We're on episode 15, so quite a while now. 
Well, despite the company continuing to post healthy sales, unlike last time, last quarter results, it's doing at uh, you know it's doing it at a great cost. As mentioned before, operating costs and expenses were high, but what's more worrying is that these costs are expected to remain high. For instance, the management now sees paper and food costs to double or increase to high single digits in 2022, compared to about 4% increase in 21. It's the same story on the international side, with the food paper costs, uh, food and paper costs expected to double in 2022 from a 3% increase in 2021. Wage inflation is also expected to remain high for the company going into 2022. So while the output, ACA sales, remains strong, the input, ACA cost, just got a lot more expensive compared to the last quarter. And unfortunately, it's expected to stay that way in the coming year. Although the price increases that the company made to counter the rising costs has not yet affected the sales as badly as one would have imagined, the, you know, it, the same cannot be said if the company plans to raise prices even more. At some point, this would be counterproductive. On the other hand, if you do take a slightly longer-term perspective, which is what this show is all about, then the storyline has not changed much. The company continues to dominate an industry that's expected to grow at a CAGR of 5.1% until 2026, according to researchandmarkets.com. The growth in its digital business continues to remain strong, with digital channels accounting overall for 25% of the company's business now. But more importantly, despite the commodity and wage pressures, the company continues to churn out healthy operating margins of low to mid-40s. The company also continues to invest with capex, you know, continues to invest more, uh, you know, consistently with capex spending expected to be in the range of 2.2 to 2.4 billion dollars in 2022. More than 1,800 restaurants are expected to be open, including roughly 800 in China, where there is a lot of pent-up demand waiting to explode once the government restrictions related to COVID are lifted. Even after the capex spend, the company expects a free flow, free cash flow generation of over 90% for 2022. Finally, the company has not suggested any changes to its dividend policy or share repurchase program for 2022, despite the capex spending and the cost pressures, which is yet another good sign. So overall, yeah, it's going to be a painful 2022. But if you look beyond that, and that's what this whole show is about, McDonald's continues to remain a high-quality company that makes great burgers. The long-term fundamentals remain intact and the headwinds appear to be short-term. So the question, ladies and gentlemen, now is, is it worth investing at the current levels given the strong fundamentals? As usual, let's take a look at the valuation. An analysis using a discounted cash flow model using the most conservative estimates of operating margins, sales growth, and uh, weighted average cost of capital yields an updated price target of $279. Previous price target in, the, in which I was discussed in episode 7 was $271. So a, a good bump, $8 bump in the price target, which unfortunately represents only an approximate 9% upside to Friday's closing price. So despite the updated price target, the stock still only has limited upside from its current levels. Although the stock is down 4.5% year-to-date, I would still wait for more pullback before taking a bite. Given the current market volatility, something tells me there will be better opportunities to enter this stock down the line. The company obviously is not without risks, 
In addition to the pressures of wage inflation and rising commodity costs mentioned earlier, the other main risk that the company currently faces is its debt levels, which stand at 114.9% of the total capital. Although the interest coverage ratio, the metric that suggests how easily the company can pay its interest expenses, significantly improved and currently stands at 8.7, the fact that the company continues to have too much debt on the balance sheet must always be treated with caution. Overall, though, I like McDonald's for the long term. I don't think the fundamentals have changed at all since the last time I dissected the stock. The company continues to invest in new stores and in its digital sales channel. Despite inflationary pressure, the company continues to generate healthy operating margins. Yes, as I mentioned before, 2022 will be bad. But when you consider everything, this looks like a blip rather than a long-term headwind. Above all, it continues to have a loyal customer base, not just in the US, but across the globe. The problem here is the valuation. From the valuation standpoint, I think there will be better entry points in the future as the current level according to my analysis, only offers an upside of about 9%, even though the stock is down 4.5% year-to-date. For now, just like I told you in episode 7, I think it's better to add the McChicken to your basket and the stock to your watch list. Verdict, the doctor says, wait. That's all the time I have for you this week. If you have a specific Indian or US stock suggestion for the doctor to diagnose and dissect, do tweet me at uttamvinay, U-T-H-A-M-V-I-N-A-Y, or email me on the stockdoctorpodcast to gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. See you again next week. Until then, stay safe and make some money.